this particular game right from the beginning was like being a little kid playing again with your friends. The journey I have personally had with Elena and with this story has been one of extreme thankfulness and gratitude and growth just as a person and as an actor. And everything is like you're playing through it. It's not something you're just watching passively. We're using our medium to the fullest. It's been a perfect blend from the actors and directors on the, on the mocap stage to what happens back at the Naughty Dog building when the, the designers and programmers and artists and everybody puts that stuff together. You are able to reach other people and get to see how much they care. We get letters sometimes from people that they say like, you know, this has changed my life. Like something in, something shifted in playing that. It's like I learned something. It's like, wow, we did that. Since their very inception, video games have strived to provide players with a sense of immersion. The ability to take the person outside of their own world and fully bring them into the adventure. For many of the early days of gaming, however, the medium was still finding its ground in terms of the kinds of stories it can tell and the experiences it can provide those playing. Today, games filled with rich stories and beautiful environments are no longer left to the vague dreams of players. Even though the idea of video games telling detailed stories seems common sense now, at one point, the very notion confused people. I would argue that one game series in particular expanded players' minds as to what is possible in video game storytelling, the Uncharted series. What first started as a small project to explore the possibilities of the PlayStation 3 hardware quickly grew into a massive franchise with each entry becoming a bestseller for the platform it resided on. Uncharted changed the industry's expectations for the power of the medium and brought forth a new age of experimentation and storytelling, especially for the studio which created the franchise, Naughty Dog. Uncharted grew Naughty Dog into the titan of the industry they are today, but with great success comes the need to question whether the success was worth the methods used to reach such achievement. While it is easy to see Naughty Dog from the outside as a group of passionate creators, the true story within Naughty Dog during the production of Uncharted paints a much more complex and dark picture. Was the beauty of the Uncharted series worth the cost burdened upon the employees? To understand what the true cost of Uncharted was, we must look at the saga behind the story of the Uncharted franchise. While Uncharted did not begin development until the mid-2000s, the studio behind Uncharted, Naughty Dog, has a much longer history which provides context for how they became the studio they are now, and how they came upon creating Uncharted. Naughty Dog's story begins back in 1984, a time long before the creation of the PlayStation, a time before Naughty Dog was even Naughty Dog. The studio was originally called Jam Software, and was founded by Jason Rubin and Andy 
and eGavin, two coders who came together to create their own software company. The Jam software name comes from Jason and Andy's names, as Jam software stood for Jason and Andy's Magic Software. Originally, the company consisted of just Jason and Andy, as the two worked to create games for the Apple II. One of their first minor successes was the second game they had ever created, a skiing game, which never got released in its original form. The duo had created this skiing game together, but Andy Gavin had accidentally copied pirated games onto the only copy of this game that they had. To fix this, Jason Rubin spent the entire weekend developing a new skiing game to replace the one that had been overwritten with bootleg game files. This new game would be called Ski Crazed. After the weekend development, the game obviously had issues, which were cleaned up by Andy Gavin. Ski Crazed was then sold to the distributor Bodville, who paid a grand total of $250 for the game. A very small amount in comparison to what studios end up being paid today. Throughout the rest of the 1980s, Jam Software continued to make video games for Apple computers. Many of these games were sold through their distributor, Bodville. However, in 1989, Jam Software underwent a massive change that would lead to the company that exists today. Jam Software created a game titled Keith the Thief, and rather than selling this game through Bodville, Jam Software had struck a partnership with Electronic Arts to distribute the game. This new partnership represented a fresh start for the company, so Jam Software ended their partnership with Bodville and renamed their company to Naughty Dog on September 9th, 1989. From this point forward, the success of Naughty Dog only continued to grow, as Jason and Andy continued to create more games and hire on more staff. In 1994, Naughty Dog was ready to present its latest project, Way of the Warrior, a fighting game made for the 3DO interactive multiplayer. Jason and Andy decided that they would present this game to Universal Interactive Studios, specifically to their vice president of product development, Mark Cerny, the person who would eventually become a consultant on the development of the PlayStation 3 and the lead designer for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, and PlayStation 5. This partnership between Naughty Dog and Mark Cerny would be beneficial for the future of the company, as Mark Cerny would eventually work with Naughty Dog to assist them in production of Uncharted. After their meeting with Mark Cerny, Universal Interactive Studios agreed to distribute Way of the Warrior. Additionally, they asked Naughty Dog to develop three more games for Universal Interactive Studios. This was when Naughty Dog would begin to explore their potential. When considering what game to create for Universal Interactive Studios, Naughty Dog decided they would want to create a 3D action platformer, an ambitious project they had little experience with. Because of this, the company hired many people to create this new platformer when development began in 1994. In addition to developers, designers, and coders, cartoonists Charles Zimbillas and Joe Pearson were hired to design the new characters for this new platforming game, and the result of their designs was a new character named Crash Bandicoot. After the game had been in development for 14 months, Naughty Dog took the current build of Crash Bandicoot to Sony Computer Entertainment, who agreed to have the game published for their PlayStation console. This marked the beginning of a partnership between Sony and Naughty Dog that still continues to this day. The release of Crash Bandicoot was a great success, with Crash becoming one of the best-selling games on the PlayStation platform, selling over 6.8 million copies. This success inspired Naughty Dog to 
keep creating Crash Bandicoot games. The company ended up creating two sequels and a Crash Bandicoot kart racer. Once Naughty Dog had finished creating their Crash games, they had met the terms of their deal with Universal Interactive Studios, and the partnership between Naughty Dog and Universal ended. Since Universal owned the license to Crash Bandicoot, however, Naughty Dog could no longer create Crash Bandicoot games, meaning they would need to develop a new franchise for Sony's upcoming console, the PlayStation 2. Because of the success of Crash Bandicoot and the good relationship Sony and Naughty Dog had fostered during the lifetime of the original PlayStation, Sony bought Naughty Dog in 2001. Now a Sony exclusive studio, Naughty Dog needed to come up with a new game idea for the PlayStation 2. The idea they would eventually settle on was Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter marked a new age for Naughty Dog, a fact that was exemplified by the changing management during the development of this game. While Jack and Daxter was being created, Jason Rubin and Andy Gavin stepped down as co-presidents and transitioned the roles to Evan Wells and Stephen White. After one more year, Stephen White was replaced by Christoph Balestra. Evan Wells and Christoph Balestra would end up being the co-presidents of Naughty Dog for the entire development of the Uncharted franchise. Jack and Daxter, much like Crash Bandicoot, became a massive success for Naughty Dog, with the franchise selling over 15 million copies. However, during the development of Jack 3, Naughty Dog knew that Jack and Daxter would not be their future. Around this time, Sony was planning their new console, the PlayStation 3, a console which was supposed to be massive leaps ahead of the PlayStation 2 in terms of the possibilities. Seeing these new possibilities, Naughty Dog decided they wanted to create something new that could show off the power and potential of the new hardware. The faster you think, the more things you can think about. And that makes you smarter. Which is why the cell has not one, but eight synchronized processors. Naughty Dog formed a small team to begin work on the project around 2004. The project at the time was codenamed Big, in reference to how massive of a project this new game franchise was going to be. This project would eventually become Uncharted. When thinking about the power of the new hardware, the team decided the best way to show off what was possible would be to create a new franchise with realistic human characters, something the studio had not been able to do before. Now deciding to have their new franchise focus on realistic looking characters, Naughty Dog was presented with a choice of what kind of tone they were going to go after in terms of the story. At the time, many other developers who were creating video games with realistic characters were trying to make games that were dark and grim. Amy Hennig, head writer and creative director for the original Uncharted trilogy, said that they wanted to create a game that would stand out from the rest of the industry by being a brighter, lighter experience. She claimed it was not in the DNA of Naughty Dog to make dark and grim games. Instead of pulling inspiration from dark and gritty sources, Hennig and her team were inspired by films such as Indiana Jones and National Treasure, along with the action film genre in general. Overall, the team wanted to create a series that focused on romanticized adventure, saying that they wanted to think about what-if scenarios that would allow the team to create a more fantastical story featuring realistic characters. In 2005, the project was brought into full development. During this development, the team tried to remain flexible, saying that they would try to not get too attached to a particular concept, so that if the team would later decide the concept was detrimental to the overall experience, they would be able to remove it and move on. Since so many games had dark color schemes and environments at the time, the designers for Uncharted decided the island for the first game would be vibrant and exciting to stand out from the rest of the industry, and to maintain the cartoonish charm of Naughty Dog games. When it came to the 
the writing of the characters, Hennig had a very specific idea for who she wanted Nathan Drake to be. Hennig was concerned that having Nathan be too tough of a character would not make him a good hero. Having the hero be tough and unfazed by the action taking place would not make him relatable to the players. Because of this, the team instead decided to have Nathan be a character who, while tenacious and resourceful, would still portray fear, confusion, and other kinds of emotions the player would likely feel if they were in Nathan's situation. Not only did this help to make the game more relatable to the players, but it also helped the game to stand out from the industry at the time, which was filled with games featuring tough male protagonists who would not portray much humanity or emotion. All of the characters' visual designs changed over time, with some characters having different hair colors and other different features which were not seen in the final product. In terms of the visuals for the game, the team wanted to utilize the power of the new cell processor that was featured in the PlayStation 3. This new processor would allow for layered character animations, fluid movements, and more realistic expressions to be portrayed from the characters. The team also wanted to use the PS3's graphics processor the reality synthesizer to feature new lighting models, pixel shaders, dynamic shadows, and better water simulations. This great ambition did present many problems for the team. The PlayStation 3 hardware, specifically the cell processor, was very different from the hardware featured in the PlayStation 2, and this required the team at Naughty Dog to learn entire new systems while trying to develop Uncharted. Throughout the development of the game, the hardware changes in the PlayStation 3 led to the team making numerous mistakes. Eventually, the team switched from their own proprietary coding language, Goal, to the more widely known C++. The main advantage of this switch was that it would allow the developers to participate in technology sharing with other Sony developers, meaning they could use code from other studios to help make development go by quicker. While this switch would overall be a positive for Naughty Dog, the switch greatly delayed the progress of the game, since the team had to learn an entire new set of tools. Not only did the team have to switch their coding language, but they also had to recreate the game pipeline 10 months into full production. While Naughty Dog co-president Evan Wells considered this the greatest improvement to the project, it did mean more delays and struggles for the developers themselves. The animation system also had to be altered and changed throughout the production to make the more realistic animations look better, since this was the first time Naughty Dog had attempted to create animations like the ones featured in Uncharted. Naughty Dog's focus on realism specifically on realistic animations, is what led them to make the decision to use motion capture. While Uncharted was far from the first game to use this tactic, it was one of the first games to place such a large emphasis on it, and to make it an important part of development. Motion capture is a technique where actors wear suits with tracking data. The actors and camera crew then film scenes as if they were filming an actual movie. The computer then reads this tracking data and applies the movements of the actors to the character models that are used in the final game. The first step in the motion capture process is creating a pre-visualization, a system by which the creators can plan out the shots and movements of the characters so they can know how to set up the actors, cameras, and other objects the actors will be interacting with. Since the objects the actors interact with will not be incorporated into the final game and will instead be replaced by 3D models, they do not need to look accurate to how the object will look in the final game. Because of this, tables, steps, and other objects are sometimes represented by blank blocks the actors will interact with. While these objects 
objects do not need to look like the final objects. They do need to be the accurate proportions, especially if the actors will be touching them or interacting with them in any way. If an in-game table or car ended up being bigger than the car the actors sat in, it would throw off the proportions for the scene, and the realism would be disturbed. Another difficult aspect of motion capture was capturing the faces of the actors. During development of the early Uncharted games, Naughty Dog did not have the technology to capture the faces of the actors. They could only capture the movements of the rest of their body. Because of this, animators would have to try and recreate the movements of each actor's face by hand, which would be a time-consuming task. Fortunately, later entries in the series were able to utilize modern developments in motion capture technology, which allowed for facial capture technology, making it easier for animators and designers to apply the actual expressions and emotions of the actors onto the in-game characters. By E3 2006, the game finally was ready to be showcased to the public, and once the game was shown off, it received some mixed reactions. Some people thought the game was a ripoff of Tomb Raider, which resulted in the game earning the nickname Dude Raider. To try and combat these kinds of comments, the developers stated that Uncharted was more of a story-focused game, while Tomb Raider was more of a puzzle game, making the two games more different than people may have initially thought. Development continued after the E3 showcase until October 2007, when the game was finally finished. Uncharted Drake's Fortune would then release soon afterwards on November 19th, 2007 in North America, with the game reaching the rest of the world soon afterwards. The game was a great success for both Sony and Naughty Dog, with the game selling over 2.6 million copies by 2009. At one point, the game was planned to have extra downloadable episodic content, but the team later decided to put their full focus onto a sequel, Uncharted 2. Naughty Dog claimed that during the initial planning and development for Uncharted, the company always planned for there to be more than one game, hoping that Uncharted could become the next main franchise for Naughty Dog to develop on the PlayStation 3, with most of the development for Uncharted 2 being able to use the ideas and code that was already developed for the first Uncharted game. Development of Uncharted 2 did not take as long as the original game. Uncharted 2 had a pre-production period of six months, where the writers and designers planned their concepts for the game, and the game then had 22 months of full development. The team's main focus for Uncharted 2 was to make the project a big step up from the original. According to Naughty Dog, the original Uncharted only used about 30% of the cell processor's capabilities, and the team believed that for Uncharted 2, they should push the power of the PlayStation 3 to its limit. This focus resulted in a sequel that was much more ambitious than the original game, one metric that reveals how grand the ambitions of Uncharted 2 were is the amount of cinematic animations in the game. The first Uncharted had 80 cinematic animations, while Uncharted 2 had 564 cinematic animations. To achieve the grand ambitions Naughty Dog had for Uncharted 2, they needed to use a new, upgraded version of their original engine. This new engine was called the Naughty Engine 2.0, and it allowed for more realistic textures, animations, physics, and more complex environments. One other main focus the team had in developing Uncharted 2 was to implement online multiplayer. A team was established to construct the new multiplayer mode, which would become one of the main selling points for this new experience. Everything about the development of Uncharted 2 was focused on being more ambitious and bringing everything players had already seen to a new level. This ambition resulted in a higher workload for the team, but the work resulted in a game that sold even better than the original. The game received almost unanimous praise from critics, and by February of 2010, the game had sold 3.5 million copies. But Uncharted 2 was still only the beginning for the franchise, as by the time the game had released, 
Naughty Dog was already working on a third Uncharted game for the PlayStation 3. However, because Uncharted 2 had pushed the ambitions of the series even further, the writers and designers were at first unsure of where the series could go next. The team then had the idea to make the game themed around the desert, which Amy Hennig claimed was chosen to push the team creatively and technically, since having a game take place in the desert would require them to work with more organic elements, such as moving sand, water, and fire. All of these elements would present new challenges to the team, and push them to make a new experience that would stand out from the previous entries. Naughty Dog also wanted Uncharted 3 to feel more open than previous titles, with the game director Justin Richmond claiming, Ultimately, the feel we want to get is your character is lost in the desert, so it needs to feel like that. We aim to make it feel open world. One other way the team wanted to improve upon the previous Uncharted games was by making it feel more like a movie. The team wanted to improve the voice acting, storytelling, and motion capture for the game. They saw the storytelling, acting, and overall movie-like qualities of the game as one of the main strengths of Uncharted, and they wanted to approve upon these factors for the latest entry. For Uncharted 3, the team had two motion capture spaces, a smaller studio for simpler animations, such as idle animations, and another large studio at Sony Studios. This larger space was used for the cutscenes and other action sequences which would require more space to record. The larger stage at Sony Studios was crucial to the development of Uncharted 3. As Amy Hennig stated, it's big enough for us to set up and perform everything from rehearsals to the final performances. And that approach, which is basically the same as producing a major motion picture, is what makes the performances so fluid and realistic in our games. Not only did the team want to improve the film-like elements of the game, they also wanted to make the multiplayer a better experience. While the multiplayer for Uncharted 2 was received well overall, players did have issues with the game modes, movement systems, and many parts of the structure for Uncharted multiplayer. In order to craft a better multiplayer mode for Uncharted 3, the developers took inspiration from some of the other popular games with more successful multiplayer modes such as Assassin's Creed and Red Dead Redemption. Leading up to the game's release, Sony led an expansive marketing initiative, which included competitions on TV and even an opportunity for people to play the game early on movie theater screens at AMC theaters. Uncharted 3 was finished on October 6, 2011, and the game was released to the public on November 1, 2011. Like the other two games before it, Uncharted 3 sold well, with Sony shipping 3.8 million copies globally on launch day, a fact that shows how much the franchise had grown since its early days. However, while the series was still a financial success, this third entry was not received as well by critics or fans. One of the main reasons for this disappointment was the overall lack of change or advancement from Uncharted 2. The improvements between Uncharted 1 and 2 were massive, while the improvements from Uncharted 2 to 3 were mostly minor, and at this point, some players and critics thought the stories and gameplay was starting to feel a bit repetitive. Fan expectations was a driving factor for why the developers were initially hesitant to create a fourth Uncharted game. As the lead effects artist Keith Garrett claimed, the success of Uncharted made the studios a little bit reluctant actually, if we do sit back and decide to continue the Uncharted world because we don't want to ruin the game series. While the developers themselves were hesitant, game director Justin Richmond was prepared to jump right into making Uncharted 4. He claimed that the studio had never set out to create just a trilogy, and that the team would be taking a new direction in Uncharted 4 that would focus on keeping fans interested and keeping the series alive. Naughty Dog knew that to 
keep interest in Uncharted from falling, the game would need to exceed any expectations held by fans. Thus, it was decided that Uncharted 4 would be created for the PlayStation 4, since the new hardware would allow for the kinds of advancements fans had been hoping for. Development of Uncharted 4 began in 2011, soon after Uncharted 3 had finished. Rather than focusing all of their resources on Uncharted 4, however, the studio was now divided, with one smaller team working on Uncharted 4, and a larger team focused on developing Naughty Dog's latest franchise, The Last of Us. This time of development when a smaller team was working on Uncharted 4 is when the history of development of this game becomes a bit unclear. What is known for certain is that in March of 2014, Amy Hennig, one of the writers and directors for the entire Uncharted franchise, along with director Justin Richmond, left Naughty Dog. Shortly after Hennig and Richmond left, some members of their team also left Naughty Dog. After these members left, there was a large amount of speculation as to why they left, and to this day there is no clear answer. One factor of this move that caused many people to speculate was who stepped in to replace Hennig and Richmond, Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley, the two who had worked together on The Last of Us. Some people claimed that a sort of coup had taken place inside of Naughty Dog, with Druckmann and Straley forcing Hennig and her team out of the company, although Naughty Dog denies these claims. Other theories of why this change in leadership occurred have currently not been confirmed or denied, as when Hennig left Naughty Dog, both her and the company signed a non-disparagement agreement, meaning that neither Hennig nor Naughty Dog could make negative public comments about what had occurred within the company. One theory claims that Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley ran into conflict with Amy Hennig over what direction the story for Uncharted 4 should take, while some other theories claim that there were conflicts between these directors over how different to make Uncharted 4 from the previous entries in the series. Other claims state that Hennig was let go because of the lack of progress being made on Uncharted 4, which could have been due to the lack of people and resources that the team was given, since, at the time, most of the resources of the studio were being poured into The Last of Us. Another idea claims that the presidents of Naughty Dog were not a fan of the direction Hennig was taking the game and the story, and they instead wanted the team from The Last of Us to create the fourth Uncharted game. Another report claims that Hennig was having a difficult time making decisions about the game, and that the overall production of of Uncharted 4 up until this point was a disaster, and that changing out the leadership was the only way the company believed they could save the title and release it by their deadlines. Regardless of the reason why Hennig left, the departure resulted in a lot of trouble and confusion for the studio as a whole. When Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley were first asked to direct Uncharted 4, they were initially hesitant, as they wanted to instead focus on creating The Last of Us Part 2. By June of 2014, however, it was announced that Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley would be taking over the project. By this point, one teaser for Uncharted 4 had already been released to the public, but this teaser was based around the plans Hennig and her team had set in place rather than the story Druckmann and Straley wanted to tell. This teaser revealed some insight into the differences between the story Hennig was going to tell and the story Druckmann and Straley ended up telling. I lost 15 years, buried alive. Erased. And even more differences were revealed in later interviews. The original version of Uncharted 4 that was in development from 2011 to March of 2014 was meant to be a return to form for the series. The team wanted the main portion of the game to take place on an abandoned pirate island, much like in the first Uncharted game. The pirate theme did end up transferring over to the final game, although the original game would have likely placed much more emphasis on the island and the pirates as a whole. The original game also did not contain any of the childhood flashbacks seen in the 
final game, and Nadine was not included in the original script of the game either. As for the major story differences between the original and final script, the original game was going to feature Sam as a more antagonistic force. Unlike in the final game, Sam was not going to just show up to see Nathan. He was still Nathan's brother, but he was going to be more bitter at Nathan for leaving him to die in jail, whereas in the final game Sam is a bit more forgiving. This anger at Nathan would lead Sam to be what Hennig describes as an antagonistic force, but not an antagonist. He was never meant to be the true villain of the game, just a problem for Nathan to deal with. Additionally, Sam being related to Nathan was going to be kept a secret for most of the game, with minor hints and clues given about the brothers' relationship throughout the game, with the fact that they are brothers being a big reveal later on. Later in the game, Sam and Nathan would eventually come back together and mend their broken relationship, at which point they would decide to work together to defeat the true antagonist of the game, Rafe, who would have been in prison with Sam. Some scenes from this story were removed entirely, while others were changed in minor ways. The scene at the Italian auction house was always planned to take place in the original version of Uncharted 4, only in the original version, Elena would have also been there at the auction house. The player would have had the option to swap between multiple characters to search around the auction house and look for clues to find the artifact they were looking for, and once the player was able to discover where the artifact was, they would then play a rhythm game as Nate and Elena, where they would dance together and try to move through the crowd to get closer to the artifact and steal it without being noticed. In total, about 8 months of Hennig's work on the original story ended up being scrapped by Druckmann and Straley, but the overall story beats and the main structure were maintained. Other ideas that were created during the original development of Uncharted 4 included the rope swinging mechanic and the vehicles which ended up being some of the greatest design challenges for the team, as these elements would mean the game would be much more open and the player would have more freedom, resulting in the game requiring a grander scale to match that freedom, which was difficult for a small team with minimal resources. The team also wanted to change some of the movement systems for Nathan, with a prototype of Uncharted 4 having a slide mechanic that would allow Nathan to move forward and gain momentum. Another gameplay element this team worked on was the idea that Nathan would be able to shoot walls, creating holes that Nathan could use to then climb. While the work done for the wall shooting and sliding was mostly scrapped, the work done for the vehicles and rope swinging ended up being kept and moved to the final game. The original version of Uncharted 4 was also set to be a much less violent game. During this era of development on Naughty Dog, the developers and designers focused heavily on critical reviews. The response to criticism is what led to many of the changes in games created in the studio. For example, one of the main criticisms Naughty Dog received during their time creating Uncharted was how fantastical and unrealistic the games were. Naughty Dog responded to this by creating the Last of Us, a game which focused on a much more grounded experience, with more realistic movements, characters, and interactions. Another criticism Naughty Dog received frequently during the creation of the Uncharted games was the cognitive dissonance players felt killing so many people. Critics thought it was strange to have Nathan be a happy-go-lucky positive character who would be making jokes and having fun while simultaneously shooting and killing hundreds of people. Critics also felt it was weird to have the player kill so many people during gameplay, but have Nathan and other characters show more of a value for human life during the cutscenes. It's time to tip the odds back in our favor. Oh, that's brilliant. Guns? What are you thinking? Relax, Gandhi. They're tranquilizer guns. Totally non-lethal. Your conscience will remain unscathed. Oh, well, good idea. There's a guy above you. There's a guy above you. There's a guy below you. There's a guy below you. 
Hennig and her team hoped to respond to this criticism with Uncharted 4 by making it so that Nathan would never pick up a gun for the entire first half of the game. Instead, the gameplay was going to focus more on fleshing out the brawler mechanics that the team had first introduced in Uncharted 3, allowing the game to still have conflict in action without having Nathan killing as many people. This focus, along with the many other cutscenes, pieces of voice work, designs, animations, and script segments, were completely scrapped when Druckmann and Straley took over. This resulted in Naughty Dog losing millions of dollars that had been spent on developing the original version of Uncharted 4. Additionally, major roles were recast. In the original version of Uncharted 4, Alan Tudyk had already recorded voice lines as Rafe, and Todd Stashwick had already recorded lines as Sam. Both of these roles were changed, with Rafe instead being played by Warren Cole, and Sam being played by Troy Baker. Under Druckmann and Straley, Uncharted 4 took on a completely different purpose. Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley wanted Uncharted 4 to be the final Uncharted game, or at least the last Uncharted game focused on the story of Nathan Drake. This idea had been considered by Hennig's team, but under Druckmann and Straley it became a much larger focus of the story. As Neil Druckmann stated, We looked at the previous games, we looked at the arcs, looked at where Nathan Drake was at, what kind of stories are still left to tell, and the only one that came to our mind was the final one. How do we take him out? With this new focus now in mind, development of the the new Uncharted 4 could now begin. First, the team had to finish their new script for this game. The writers of this team wanted to, quote, tell a meaningful human story with complex relationships in this more lighthearted drama. This idea led to the focus of trying to humanize Nathan Drake even more than he had been humanized in previous entries in the series. One way they realized they could do this was by having Nathan grow older and more mature, reflecting on the journey the writers themselves had gone through over the years. While the writers were mainly in control of the story being told, they did frequently communicate with the actors for each of the characters, to consult with each of them as to how their character would likely act to ensure all all of the writing was believable. The team also wanted these characters to go many places around the world, rather than focusing on the one island, which would end up only increasing the burden felt by the development team. Development of Uncharted 4 was extremely difficult. The team had to restart much that had already been done. The studio had lost many of the veteran developers with Amy Hennig's departure, and Naughty Dog and Sony still wanted the game to reach the incredibly strict deadlines for this project. Uncharted 4's new development began in spring of 2014. The original plan for Uncharted 4 was that it would release in 2015, and the game ended up coming out in spring of 2016. Considering the massive amounts of changes and the huge scale of the project that made it the most ambitious game Naughty Dog had ever developed, everyone at Naughty Dog was pushed to their limits. Fortunately, the team had been able to gain relevant experience of the PlayStation 4 architecture by porting The Last of Us over to that system. Understanding how the system worked helped to make the development of Uncharted 4 somewhat easier, but the grand ambitions still made the overall development difficult. The resolution of the textures in Uncharted 4 ended up being four times larger than that of Uncharted 3, creating lots of extra work for the texture artists. The overall amount of animations, cutscenes, and story moments for the game were also much more demanding than in previous games. Uncharted 4 had a total of 1,200 story sequences, 34,000 animations, and a total of 14.5 hours of animation within the game. The sound design team also had lots of work to do, because of the large amount of varying locations. The team needed each place to feel unique in terms of its sound, so that the player could feel, quote, 
they were being propelled to different locations across the world. All of the different worldwide locations resulted in lots of extra work for artists, designers, and developers, who also needed each place to feel unique, while ensuring no location would be confusing to the player, and that the overall pacing of the world's level design and environments would be propelling the player forward straight through to the end of the story. Once the game released on May 10th, 2016, it was a massive success. After only 7 days, the game had sold 2.7 million copies, and by December of 2016, the game had already sold 8.7 million copies. Critics and fans alike praised the game for the ambitious design, the beautiful art style and environments, along with the improved cutscenes, acting, and writing. Naughty Dog had achieved what they had set out to do. They had created a game with an incredible leaping quality from Uncharted 3, but at what cost? Creating such a grand adventure in such a short amount of time meant there would be costs on the employees at Naughty Dog, but it wasn't until well after the release of Uncharted 4 that the public was given a good glimpse into just how difficult the development of the game was. Bruce Straley himself claimed, I would never want to do Uncharted 4 again. After Uncharted 4 was released, Straley decided that he would take a break from Naughty Dog, but after he went on break, he decided to never come back. Straley claimed that he felt burnt out, that after Uncharted 4, he no longer had the energy and excitement to work on games he once had. The main reason development of Uncharted 4 was so difficult was what the industry refers to as crunch. Crunch is the kind of work a person might do when they have a deadline fastly approaching, and they end up working well past when they're supposed to, to finish up their project. The problem with Crunch at Naughty Dog was that it wasn't something that only happened for one day. Everyone at the company was in crunch mode for most of the two years Uncharted 4 was in development. The strict deadlines held on the team meant there was no chance to take a break during the development of the game. Most employees would end up working at least 12 hours a day, even on weekends. What makes the situation at Naughty Dog difficult though is that the crunch was not exactly forced upon the employees. The employees themselves are already people who are prone to work themselves too hard. Naughty Dog just worked to exploit those unhealthy habits, to the point that they would place a focus on work habits during interviews, to ensure they only hired perfectionists and workaholics, who would willingly stay far past the time they were supposed to. As one Naughty Dog employee said, they've never seen success any other way, so they don't believe there's another way of achieving it. Naughty Dog would not tell their employees to stay late, they would simply tell them to finish whatever their work was. The problem here is that since much of the company is comprised of perfectionists, all of the employees feel the need to stay later, and work harder to get the work done, and when one employee sees that everyone else is staying later, they feel guilty leaving early and end up staying and working late too. As one anonymous employee stated, you feel obligated to be there later because everyone else is there later. If an animation needed to be there and you weren't there to help the animator, you're now blocking the animator. Not only were employees pressured by each other, they were pressured with the fear of losing their job. The video game industry is already very competitive, so if a developer were to be unhappy with the amount of work they were asked to do, the company could choose to just replace them with someone else who would be willing to do the work. This fear was only reinforced by the large amount of contractors the studio worked with. Even these outside contractors were convinced to work longer than they were contracted to because of the hope that if they worked hard enough, they could be given a salaried position at Naughty Dog. Unfortunately, not even the salaried workers were being paid properly for their work. Salaried workers would not be paid overtime. Instead, they would be promised bonuses after the game shipped. Bonuses which still may not fully compensate the workers for the amount of labor they were putting into the job. With all of this extra work, it may seem that delaying the game would help to give the employees more time to complete the game so that they may not have to work as hard. Unfortunately, this is not what usually ends up happening. Instead, delays just mean more days of the same overworking crunch time. Workers at Naughty Dog crunch every day, right until the game is finished. It is a sort of marathon, 
and delays only pushed the finish line farther away. The amount of work placed upon employees was so intense, it would result in employees coming into work even when really sick, and many employees skipped meals and showers. Things got so bad, many employees wished the game would flop, to send a message that this kind of work environment was not healthy, and would not be necessary for success. Combined with the mismanagement the studio experienced during this time only made matters worse. Naughty Dog, especially during the development of Uncharted 4, did not have many producers keeping teams organized and on time. Because of this, certain workers would end up needing to stay late to wait for other departments to deliver their assets necessary to finish up work for the day. Certain workers would end up needing to stay late to wait for other departments to deliver the assets necessary to finish work for the day. Having a team of people who were focused on keeping the work focused and increasing communication between different departments, contractors, and outsourced companies could have helped to alleviate some of the stress and crunch. But the culture of crunch itself would still exist within Naughty Dog. All of this work and these negative behaviors grew to such an intense level during the production of Uncharted 4 that many employees ended up leaving the company. 70% of the non-lead designers from Uncharted 4 ended up leaving the company, and many artists, designers, leads, and people of other positions ended up leaving. All of the departures got so bad that some employees said they were getting new messages about people leaving the company every week. Uncharted 4's development was so unhealthy that Neil Druckmann and the other heads of Naughty Dog came together to try and ensure that the struggles faced in the development of Uncharted 4 would never happen again. However, their plans did not end up working, and the culture of crunch at Naughty Dog only became worse during the development of The Last of Us Part 2, to the point where most of the employees who had created Uncharted 4 no longer work at the company. This is the true question that the development of the Uncharted saga poses. What the series was able to achieve, the minds they were able to inspire, the stories they were able to tell, and the worlds that the developers were able to create are undoubtedly some of the best in their field. Truly, the Uncharted franchise achieved the greatness from small beginnings the story is known for. But what is the cost of greatness? Some level of sacrifice is always required to achieve anything. But the level of sacrifice poured into the Uncharted saga brings about an important conversation on just how much sacrifice should be given during production and where the lines should be drawn to protect the health of workers. Maybe this conversation can become a pillar of the legacy of Uncharted, a series that opens the discussion on workplace production practices. Perhaps the true greatness from Uncharted has yet to be realized, a new era of greatness for employee health, and a renewed conversation on what truly is necessary to achieve the greatness creators so desire. It is time for the creator community and the business community to find a middle ground where the well-being of all can be ensured and greatness may no longer have to come at the cost of those creating it.